I feel told right now. Thank you, Darren, for what you shared. And uh, this really goes into how God has been really wrecking me this whole week. In my prayers, uh, I remember one of, one, of, one of my prayer times, I was on the, on the ground repenting before God and, and broken. Because I was thinking about... Uh, uh, let, me, let me see if I can... Summarize a little bit in this way. Hope Church really, uh, uh, Hope Ministries began about 20 years ago. When I came back, we found, I found that English ministry which started 30, 30 years ago in shambles and down to about 30, 40 people. And I came and we began to uh, seek God together and God gave us a name, Hope, House of Prayer for Everyone. And in the midst of that, uh, and I'll be very honest, I am not very strategic or I'm not very uh, planning kind of guy. I'm always about the heart. I want to make sure my heart is right. And I want to love God with all of my heart. And I want our people, anywhere we gather, our simple desire was to build a community that functions, that lives biblically. I know no vision or things like, I want to have a church of 10,000. None, none of those. No strategies. But I just wanted a place where we can really love God and live as sons and daughters of God. And God began to grow our church. And we didn't, I think by 2008, we are no longer a Korean church. And we became an independent church in 2008. Still a small group. And for the next seven years, we roamed around all over looking for a place to go, renting elementary schools. About a little over three and three, three and a half years ago, we found this place. We moved up here. Now, this is 20th year that I've been back and really working with Hope Ministries. And in the 20, 20th year, 2020, I've been thinking about God, where are we leading? What are you doing in our midst? And I feel like God was saying, this is time to dream. See what God really has for you and the church and whatnot. I was, in, I was praying in the midst of all these things. And one of the mornings when I was praying, I was broken. Because I feel like we have, at least I have missed God in certain ways. Of what Darren just shared. Because I said I love God and I do love God. I, I believe we have a good, healthy church that loves God. But when I look at it, I feel like we are missing something very important. I'll be very honest and important. I feel like we have, we, are, we have almost missed the heart of God. I, I, feel, I feel like I am condemning us. now. I'm really talking about me. Because I've been th- I, I was praying, I thought about prosperity gospel. What is a prosperity gospel? It's when the God, the, we are looking at God only about me. Prosperity gospel is when I look at God and I see God who loves me, who blesses me. I'm all about that. That's what prosperity gospel is. Not that God will give me benzene, but now those are great too. The really important point of prosperity gospel is that it, the God is for me, is all about me. God's blessing for me. But as I pray, God reminded me, God so loved the world, not just me. 
That we have missed the heart of God. If I really, if, we, if I was really reminded, if I really say that I know the heart of God, if I come to God in intimacy, if I hear God's heart, I will see God with tears because He sees a broken world. And yes, He loves me, but the broken world, they are dying out there. And I feel like somehow we, though we say we love God, have missed the heart of God. Now, I'll be very honest with you. In your life as Christian, how much do you love your neighbor, those around to share the God's good news? How have we been doing, how have we been doing with God's heart? When God said, greatest command is love your neighbor as yourself. And greatest command is go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them, teaching them to obey all that I commanded you. How have you done in the thing? God reminded me, I feel like I have not done that well. I don't think our church is good at loving people. We're sharing God's good news with people around. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe you're all doing well, but I'm just, it's just me. You know what I'm getting at? Because I have never asked God to make our church big or great. I have never asked for that. I have never asked, we'll have a great church. No, I've never asked for that. I, all I ask is, God, we will love you well. We will love you. We will love you well. That we will seek after you. That we will do what you want us to do. And we, this is what we sought after God's presence and miracles, signs and wonders because that's who God is. But if it's all about me, then I have missed the heart of God. If, if God's blessing is about me, then I have missed the heart of God. It's prosperity gospel. It's not the real gospel. God is really wrecked me. I was wept before God. God, it's not right. So this is why we are going into this thing. Time to dream. I believe God is giving us a season to go back and look at God and see what kind of dreams he has for me, what he sees in me, what dreams he has for our church. What God is doing in our midst. It will fully be what God meant us to be. Amen? Amen. So, now I'm putting a little pitch in there. We want you to get involved in this thing. More than that, this is why uh, my heart has been really been stirring a lot. Now, uh, as Lynn and Darren, Lynn and Darren came and shared. Now, uh, some of you, some of you know that whenever we have a short-term mission team go out, every time when you have prayer time to pray for them to go out, I always share the same word. The word was about feeding the 5,000 by little boy's lunch. Really. And I always talked about that because, think about it, 200 million Muslims in one country, 99.95% do not know God at all. And three missionaries for 1 million Muslims. And, you know, and Lynn and Darren, as beautiful, handsome, mighty as they are, what could one family do out there? Think about it. What can they do? 
One family out there and, and, and millions of people out there. God reminded me every time when a team goes out, as small as it may be, God reminded me about the only miracle, only miracle other than the resurrection of Jesus that all four Gospels speaks about. It's the only, only miracle that all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talks about. Important enough that every gospel mentions. In that, in that miracle, I believe God is telling us something amazing to us. Amen? Okay. I hope that uh, that was my, sort of my little instru- introduction here. Now, just to get you left a little bit, I thought I dressed good this morning. <laughs> and everybody came and looked at me, and one person said, Pastor Q, you look good. And Everybody else came and said, Pastor Q, what are you doing? Your jacket doesn't go. Take your jacket off. And somebody said, your pants is too tight. Do not turn around. He says, that's why I put my shirt out so that I cover everything. So I, said, I, said, you know, so I took my jacket I put it back on. He said, I'm going to go with what I have. I'm going to believe in my instinct. <laughs> just wanna, I would just want you, want, want you to... Uh, come and, and, I, and I, I'm not trying. I, I don't. I do not believe God is trying to be heavy this morning. God is reminding of us because He loves reminding of us of His heart. And I love the way what Darren shared. Oh, it's about God's heart. If we do not do anything about this, Muslims who has who does not who have no access to the love of God, what does it say about our heart? Right. It's about that. And now, um, so uh, today's te- uh, uh, today, uh, I put by faith because this is a theme this year. By faith, you know, by faith, we will walk in God's ways. The last week we looked at by faith, a woman pressed in, touched Jesus, and saw healing that came. Today we want to look, we want to look, by faith, a miracle. A miracle a little to a lot. Like that later, when you look at, the, uh, look at the Word of God, it'll make sense. And the text is from uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 33 to 44. If you have a Bible, would you open that place? And if you are using uh, your phone app or something, please open that place. Let me pray once, and I'll ask, we'll ask God together. Father, we come. We want our hearts to love you and, and give you glory, God. We want to be fully what you call us to be, alive, God. People who are loved by God, people who know your love, people who wants to know you better, who wants to make you known to the ends of the earth. We want to carry your heart, God. Today we come humbly that you will meet us here through your word, through your presence, meet with us here, God. Transform us to surgery in our hearts that we may dream again. We may look at you, we may behold you, we may soar with wings of eagles. You talk, you promise in Isaiah 40, 31. So come, Lord Jesus, we give you glory. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Just look at me for a little bit before you go into the text. Let me just give you the, you know the story. Let me give you briefly what the story is, and then we'll go back to the story. Look at the 
story, the, the miracle, line by line, and sort of draw certain things out. The story really is that Jesus uh, uh, chose 12, uh, 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 he sent out his, uh, his disciples out to preach. And they go by two by two and preaches and did a lot of miracles. They come back, they begin to give report. They had a wonderful, uh, uh, they saw God doing amazing things. When they got back, they were really tired. Jesus wanted to take them away to rest a little bit. So Jesus took them to, on a boat on a very remote area across the lake. As they went out there, they, and people saw Jesus going, a whole crowd of people, a lot of people followed them there. When Jesus arrived at the place, there were people waiting for him. A lot of people, over probably 20,000. He began to teach. Teach because his heart was moving, taught them. Because he, he said they were like sheep without shepherds. And he taught them and healed them and did all the things all day long. And by the time it was e evening, and you're in a remote place, at least 25 miles away from anywhere nearby. There's no McDonald's nearby. There's no, no places to go eat. And disciples are getting worried. Jesus, what shall we do? They, they, they have no way. We, we cannot feed these people. They are hungry. We need, to, we need to send them away so they can find food somewhere. And, and then Jesus, tells, then Jesus uh, tells them, you feed them. The whole story is Jesus, you feed them. And the disciples say, how can you feed all these people? About 20,000 people. How are we going to do this? We, we don't have enough money for not only that we cannot even get a place to Feed them anyway. And, 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 and apparently there was a boy. They, they found there was a little boy with a lunch, small lunch. Not big lunch, small lunch. You know, and, and he said, there's a, there's a boy with a five loaves and two fish. You know, I'm a fob. I like to say fishes. You know, I, I feel like fish just means one fish. Fishes mean more than one fish. Fishes, right? And... And Jesus makes everybody sit down and begin to, he blessed the, whatever was given, began to give out. And everybody ate and satisfied, Bible says. And they were left over. Twelve baskets full, more than what they started. And that's the story. And, you know, and I want to look at it a little bit. I think there's amazing thing God is speaking to us. I believe God is speaking through this, or to Lynn and Darren as well. Let's look at it a little bit. This is really, okay. Let me move on, okay. I'm going to skip to, look at verse 33. The people saw them going, and many recognized them, and ran there together on foot from all the cities. And got there ahead of them. And when Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd. He felt compassion for them. And because they were like sheep without shepherds, and he began to teach them many things. The word is many things. Now, Jesus didn't have 30 minute, what do you call, sermon, you know, uh, time limit. He taught them many things. Probably whole day, whole day, probably six, seven, eight hours. You know, I would love to do that one of those days. But there was a big problem. The problem was, when it was already quite late, his disciples came to him and said, said, this place is desolate, isolated, remote. It is already quite late. 
send them away so that they may go into surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. As I mentioned, as I said, there were now all these people out there, they have no access to food, they're hungry, and we need to send them away. Jesus and disciples asked. Now look at this, let's go back, go to the story, look at the next verse. Now, um, you know, I don't know whether this happens to you. It happens to me all the time. When a problem happens, often I have three responses. First of all, I procrastinate. You know, I, I put it aside rather than deal with it right away until very last moment. And then I want to blame somebody else. I want somebody else to take care of it. I ask my wife, Joy, can you help? And third, you know, and then, and then you know what? I, I begin to worry. Do you do that? You see, you do that. You see that in this story. See, this is this place is desolate. It says, and it is already late. What were they doing? If there are a lot of people here that were to eat, they waited so long. Already late. They were procrastinating, and they said, "Let's send them away. We cannot take care of them. Let somebody else take care of them." And they're worrying. Look at this. Let me go on. Um, it's not responding. Okay. Now, as I look at this story. Uh, I, I see uh, a miracle that happens, and I see four keys to the miracle that Jesus brings here in the story. And first of all, I think the first step that I see in preparing for miracle, God's miracle come is admit your unsolvable problem. I said unsolvable problem, not any problem. Pastor Q, I am overweight. I need a miracle. No, you need a diet. Stop eating. Exercise. Pastor Q, you know, you know often we, ask, we ask, ask God for things that we can, we are supposed to take care of ourselves. Admit your unsolvable problem. The, the disciples came and said, Jesus, right? And, and what shall you do? I want, you to, I want you to see this passage here. I want to highlight this thing. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. You know, I don't know if you thought, thought about, I thought about this a little bit. Jesus could have done miracles in many different ways. He could have, like Old Testament, you know, pray and then wind blow from the east and all the quail and they need, they, it comes, falls upon them. Oh, like an Old Testament, how the manna shows up in the morning. Right? He could have done all those things. Or he could have done different ways to do miracles. And by the Jesus, you feed them. You give them something to eat. I want you to think about that. Rather than, rather than Jesus just doing something, he said, you feed them. You, you give them something to eat. And they said, to watch, shall we go and spend 200 denarii, meaning 200 days wages. I don't know how much you make. Uh, uh, and 200 days probably wages, almost a year's salary for most of us. In a 40, 50, $60,000, $60, some who may make more. But, you know, and even then would not be enough. How are we going to do all this? They are worried about this. Let me go on. I'm still stuck here. You give them something to eat. You give us something to eat. Often we 
ask God to do things. But when God says, you, I want to do it through you. I want to do it through you. Let me move on. Think about this. I just really slow. I don't know why. Uh, has God ever asked you to do something impossible? Has God ever asked you to do something impossible? And often he, he, he asks other things, something that looks impossible to us. Not to condemn us, but that he may stretch our faith, stretch our trust and faith in God. You know, we've been praying for Somi. And I've been praying for Somi, who was in and not. And uh, this week, uh, you know, whenever I spend time prayer, when I pray for her, I'll face, Facebook message, messenger saying, I pray for you today. This is what I promised I got if I put up, up there. And uh, this, mo- this one, one morning, I got the response right away. Say, with the heart on it. So I knew she was awake. So I called on the Facebook messenger, a phone call. I talked with her for 10 minutes. She talked, she reassured, and I talked for a little bit. How are you doing? And she was making fun of me, and we were, she's always funny. And she, she and I had been talking about, praying about things. You know, we pray for things. And, you know, and, and sometimes God asks us the things we cannot do. We are not cannot do anything about. Um, uh, and all we can do is ask God and pray. And I'm so, and I, I, I told her, you are making me so happy. To just to hear your voice. And, and I see God doing miracles in our life. Uh, now, the other gospels mention how Jesus said, you go and find, uh, and, and Jesus says, uh, tells them, go and find out how, my, how many was was out there, how many bread do you have? And in John 6, it says, Jesus actually apparently says to Philip, where are we to buy bread? And so that, we, uh, that these may eat. Jesus actually have a conversation with Philip on the side. How are we going to feed them? And to ask, and I bet you didn't know this passage, right? Didn't, didn't know this part of the story. And, and Jesus was not saying, uh, he was saying this to test him. He knew already what he was, what he was going to do. He began to test him. You know, Here's the one important truth we need to understand. That is, even before we know our problem, Jesus had the answer. Jesus knew what he was going to do. But he tells Philip, how are we going to feed them? What are you going to do? He, he already knew what he was going to do. And he tests Philip. He, he was, before he knew how to solve the problem, Jesus has an answer. So why are you worrying? So why are you worrying? If Jesus already have an answer before I even know my, what my problem is, why are you worrying? You see that problem is huge, huge there, but so somebody standing next to them. Jesus is standing next to him. He who stopped the wind and, and the waves, he who walked on water, he who even raised the dead, who healed the sick, he was right next to him, next to them. Why are you worrying? Let me move on to the story. And so he tells them, see how, how, much, how much bread there is. Go look. And when, when they go out and they look, they said five and five loaves and two fish. Now, um, in John's account, Gospel John, it says, uh, 
Just as we, we have a boy here, a little boy here, who has five loaves and two fish, meaning they found the boy with lunch. You know, this, this boy with his own private lunch. Uh, think about this. Why do you think he asked, told him to ask, find out how many loaves are out there? And, and the thing is, you think the boy is the only one who brought lunch? Out of probably 5,000 men and a lot of women and children, you think he is the only one who brought lunch? Think about it. I don't know if, have you ever thought about this? Where is everybody else's lunch? And I, I think about it. I bet if, if the 5,000 men and their wives and the children came, I bet the women brought their lunch too. Only one boy. There's one boy is willing. He said, I have, I have my lunch here, five loaves and two fish. Now, but the thing is, look at this picture. Often, often you see the pictures you have. It's not a big fish. It is like a sardine. Often the picture you see is this big, in a big basket with the bread and in a big fish. No, it's a little boy's lunch. So one of the disciples come and say, hey, here's a little boy with his lunch, little lunch. Probably the unleavened bread, the flat bread. Probably that's the best looking thing. Say, so really? Only one boy brought lunch? Think about it. I remember long, it was a long time ago, uh, one pastor, this is a liberal pastor, he didn't believe in miracles. He was telling me how this miracle, what you, what you don't know is, when, the, when they saw a little boy bringing lunch, everybody else felt guilty. They brought their lunch out. They shared. So they, this is why they were, they, everybody shared and they ate together. Meaning that, that you know, and there was no miracle. The miracle really, miracle really was people opening their hearts to share with one another. Not true. But anyway, only one boy had lunch. Really, only one boy? See, first, remember, it's the first kid to revive. The miracle is admit your unsolvable problem. Second, give God what little you have. The thing is, the little boy's lunch. What can you do with 20,000 people, 5,000 men and women and children, about 20,000 people? This is, that is a basketball, pro basketball game, whole stadium. Think about it. Oh, you know, the, a, a baseball game with 20,000 people watching. This is a whole crowd. What are you going to do with that little lunch with everybody else? Think about it. But a little in the hand of God uh, hand of God can do a lot of things, amazing things. I found, I found a story about this person named, uh, let me see if I can pronounce the name, right. Agnes Ganka Boyakio. Boyakio. Does anybody know who that person is? Agnes, Agnes uh, Ganka Boyakio. Anybody? Let me read what, it, what I found. If she had a sense of if she had let a sense of inadequacy cripple her before she became known as Mother Teresa, things would be different. Small of stature, yet rock like in faith, Agnes had only three pennies and a dream. What could she do with a little? 
One day she approached her superiors and announced, I have three pennies and a dream from God to build an orphanage. Her superiors could not believe what they were hearing. And they laughed and said, you can't build an orphanage with three pennies. With three pennies, you can't do anything. But Agnes, Mother Teresa, just smiled and replied, I know. But with God and three pennies, I can do anything. You see, it didn't matter whether you had little boy's lunch or whether, whether you had 10 bread or 100 bread. 20,000 people, there's nothing. It doesn't matter how much bread you eat. It was even little bread, little lunch. Jesus, when Jesus took it, when he blessed it, he fed all the people. It is not how much you have or how, how little you have. It is the fact that she, this boy gave his little to Jesus. Put it in his hand. Look at what it says. So slow. It may not be much. He is what I've got. And I give them to you, God. That's what the little boy said. And you know, listen, this is important truth. God always start with what I have. God always start with what I have. You know, and, and as Lynn and Darren and, and the three kids, and, you know, the, the reason they are, they've been, uh, uh, took some time preparation was the missions board will not let them go until they raise enough funds to last a year before they go out. That was sort of preparation. And they've been raising funds, and they had to raise, I think, about $90,000 before they go out. So what, what our church session leadership decided was, when they go out, we will support them monthly, but before even they go, as they raise funds to make sure they are ready to go, that we will have a special offering and this until next Sunday so that we will help them go out, get ready. That proves that that lets the mission boat know that they have enough supporters who is able to support them through. That's, what it was. That's why we are doing this. And God starts where we are. See, when I look at Darren and Lynn as amazing people they are, but God knows our weaknesses and what, what, what could a little family can, what could a little family do? I miss mean, all the things. But when they said, God, you can use me. I don't have a lot. This is who I am. This is what I've got. You can have it all, God. That's what they have said to God. And God can use a little boy's lunch. And listen, God will use whatever I give him. You see, he could have done miracle by himself. But he asked, what do you have? You feed them. What do you have? He takes the little boy's lunch and feeds all the people because point was not just doing miracles. Point was that he is wants, not only wants to do miracles, but he wants to do miracles through us. Through us. Does it make sense? Keys to miracles, three things. Third thing, admit your solvable, unsolvable problem. Give God what little you have. Put it in the hands of Jesus. Put it in the hands of Jesus. And Jesus takes it. Um, I'm going to skip all of this. Let me stop here for a second. Let me ask. Would you share your lunch? Think about that. Sounds so simple, right? Think about it. 
Actually, I found some uh, short devotion written by a woman about this story. The title was, Mama Did It Right. Meaning the mama of the boy, right? You know, the reason the boy had lunch was when the boy, I bet you, prepared, Mama, I heard about this rabbi named Jesus doing all kind of things. People are going to go see him. Can I go? Can I go? I bet you he prepared, got all the chores done. Mom, can I go? Mom said, you can go. Next morning, he got up early. He's ready to go. Mom said, stop. Son, you need, a, you need something to eat on the lunch. You need something. And she prepared a lunch for him. Probably she said, don't be too late. Come on before late. Mom sent him out. Sent him out. Think about it. Right? And that mom must have taught him in good enough heart that he would share. You know, that boy shared what he, what he had because he was taught right. Think about it. Any mom who's teaching their child, we teach our child, share. Right? Share. And that boy, little boy, when everybody was holding to the lunch, holding to the food, whatever, and he shared. He was willing to share what he had. Literally, he had. And put it in the hand of Jesus. He shared his lunch. Look at what it says. And he, and he commanded them all to sit down by groups on the green grass. And they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. And he took the five loaves and two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed the food and broke the loaves and kept giving to them to the disciples, to set before them. And he divided up two fish among them all too. He began to bless it and broke the bread and began to give out the disciples, give it to other people. And he broke the fish and gave it, began continuing giving the disciples and began to multiply, multiply, multiply. And he just took the little boy's thing, lunch, and began to give, bless and give. Finally, the fourth thing about keys to miracle is you admit your unsolvable problem, keep God what little you have, and put it in the hands of Jesus, and you expect God to do a miracle. You expect God to multiply, and Jesus did. Look what he says. And all eight, they were satisfied. Literally, the, means, the word means they, were, they gorged themselves. They ate until they were stuffed. I can eat no more. Think about it. if the, the bread and the fish Jesus multiplied must have tasted good. If Jesus made, made by Jesus, come on, and must have tasted amazing. They all ate enough, all satisfied. And, they, and then they picked up what is left over, 12 baskets full of the broken pieces and also of the fish. They all ate and they were left over. Listen carefully. When we give to Jesus, when we give to our God, we always have more left afterwards. They, I mean, and they all ate. Whatever I gave, I always get back more. The boy gave his lunch and everybody ate and then there was still more left over than we started. This is how God works. God does miracles in our lives. You can never outgive God. It can never outgive God. God always gives more than what we ever give. There are 5,000 men who ate the loaves, Mark says, and Matthew says there were about 5,000 men who ate beside women and children. 
I found this quote by Tony Evans. Never forget the two fish and five loaves. God can take your little and make it much. Trust and go. You see, that's what Darren and Lynn are doing. They're trusting God. Whatever little they had, they're putting in the hand of God and giving it to God. God, we obey. We trust you, we obey. That you can use us. God, if can you, you can use anyone, you can use us. God, you can use us. And I definitely will declare that God will bring about miracles through their lives. Through their lives. Through their lives. Surely. Isn't this what our God does in our lives? Just a couple more things. I'm going to end. You give them, remember what Jesus said, you give them something to eat. You give them something. This is what God has been saying to Hope Church. That the reason God brought us, brought us here and settled us in, in Clarksville area, upper middle class, very comfortable neighborhood, was because they need Jesus here. God, thought, God saw that, that these people here, everywhere here, need to know God. God said, you give them something to eat. We are brought here so that we can give God's grace and mercy to this whole community here. And that, God says to us, to the world is where so many are dying without knowing God. So many are suffering because of they, have no, they don't have the knowledge of God. God said, you give them. God will not save them by himself. God said, I'll use you. God so loved the world he gave. His only son. And Jesus, when he resurrected, he said, just as Father sent me, I will say, I send you. We are to go. We are to love as Christ loved us. Almost done. God likes the miracles. The key is through people, through you, through me. This is why in this miracle, Jesus said, you feed them. You give them what? You give them something to eat. Find out what you have. And when the boy, little boy, little boy gave, he turned it into God's answer. God doesn't just want to do miracle for you. He wants to do miracle through you. Final, final slide here. Would you share your lunch? Will you share your lunch? Your little. He'll make it a he'll make it a lot. Isn't that what faith does? This whole torture of the Bible is this 75-year-old old man who had no child, God said, You go where I tell you, I'm gonna make you great. And he gave what he don't, don't have. He gave himself. And God used him to be the father of many, many nations. God, this is how God works through the whole Bible. God draw us near. Now let me finish with this, this verse. Amazing verse in the Bible. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless the grain of wheat falls into the, the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Seed is supposed to be sown. If you hold on to seed, it don't do anything. When you put it on the ground, when it dies, it begins to grow and multiply. This is Christian life. God 
loves us. He gave His Son to die for us so that we may live. And when you give our hearts and lives for God and His glory, His mercy, many, many will live as well. Amen? I'm going to have, uh, if I have Lynn and Devin come. Okay, fine, fine I'll take my jacket off. Okay. I did, come, I did, it, did cover my butt though. Could I have Lynn and Darren come? We're going to pray for you. And uh, listen, uh, we, are, we, have, we are a small church. I'm, but yet I am so blessed. A small church like us has sent many missionaries. Yet Anna went out as a missionary. You know, and, and Lynn is going out as a missionary. In a year or so, Sue and Christina, the old family was a missionary. A small church, small congregation, sending out three families out to missions, and Dustin and many others as well. In, and when you say we, we are sending them out, we are not saying, oh, bye. No, we no, will only, not only pray for you, but we will support you. We, our heart goes with you. When our leadership prayed about supporting Lynn and Darren, it wasn't just about money. We are saying, you know, we partner with you. We go with you. you know, and we do what we can to, to join with what God is doing. Because we believe God's heart, or in God's heart, where His heart bleeds for those who still do not know Him. For living in darkness, for living without hope, without God in this world. And, and as they say yes to go, we are going with them as well. This is uh, Mia, second one. Yeah, I, I think Marcus, uh, the oldest one, is having a stomachache, so Darren is with him. Okay, all right. Okay. And now, uh, we'll be going to pray for the family, and I want you to imagine uh, Darren being here with us, okay, with, with him, here as well, okay? Now, but I also want you to know, you know, and to think about this, a single man or woman going out is definitely easier than one with children, two, three little ones. And sometimes it's a difficult places. You know, and, and, and the region they're going in as they share the gospel is not an easy place. They are persecuted. They know the dangers they may be having. They knowing all that, they say, God, your heart compares me to God. We want them to come to know you. We, wanna, we want to pray with them. We want to we go with them in our hearts. We want to support them in every way. I want to invite some people to come and stand with them. And let's pray for them. Okay, come on, uncles.
Father, we come. Father, we come before you. Remember how little boy gave his lunch. And Jesus, you took the little boy's lunch, little boy's gift, and you used it to feed multitudes. And thousands and thousands of fed and satisfied God. We come today, God, we lift up there and then as they said yes to you. They brought their little lunch before you, God. God, you can use it for your glory. We want to be what you call us to be. We want to love as you loved us. But as they say, here we are, you can use us, God. Father, we look to you, God of miracles. You take our little and make it a lot to bless so many. Father, we lift them up as they prepare, get ready to go out to a nation they do not know, the people they do not know. But you will go with them. The whole people group will come to see your goodness. Lord, you said, if a grain of wheat it dies, it'll bear much fruit, Lord God. And you will use them for many, many, many families, even villages and nations that come to you, God. Use them for your glory. We come and stand with them. We pray. We support God. We say, we look to you, God. Say, we, our heart goes with them. We lift of your name, God. Be with us, strengthen them. We love you, God. We entrust them into your care. We honor you, God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's praise God together.